Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, the podcast dedicated to simplifying the commercial real estate industry for the masses. Each week, we sit down with industry experts to dissect the many facets of commercial real estate and extract valuable lessons you can apply to your business. Whether you're a new or seasoned business owner or investor, the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast will be your go-to resource for all your commercial real estate needs. Now, here are your hosts, Rafael Collazo and Jeff Walston. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Collazo, here with my co-host, Jeff Walston. How's it going, my friend? It's going great, man. Uh, business is going well. Uh, we are in uncertain times or confusing times, however you want to slice it. But uh, yeah, it's it's going well. Um, and personal life couldn't be better. Uh, I mean, maybe it could, but right now I believe it won't. But what about you, Rafael? How's it going, going over there? That's great, man. Yeah, I can't complain. Uh, you know, the weather's picking up a little bit. Uh, it's been raining kind of pretty, unfortunately, the last few days. But overall, it's been good. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, a lot of things to look forward to. Uh, the wedding's coming up in November, so we're trying to get that all squared away. And, you know, it's uh, it's always nice to, you know, have to make the deposits on uh, the, the venue and whatever else. So. Yeah. The last one's coming up in about a week and a half and I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, but over, but, but really, you know, luckily we had a very big bright spot today because we had a, a unique opportunity and really a great opportunity to interview Anthony Vihar, who's an executive vice president with major properties. Uh, awesome guy. Uh, he, he's currently residing in LA and he has been there. Uh, he's a lifer. He's a, yeah. uh, he, he mentioned that his father's from there and, you know, his, he has a long lineage in, in Los Angeles. So he's a, a, proud Ang- angelese i believe that's how you say it I don't, don't quote me on that i don't want to you know offend anyone uh but really the, the focus of our conversation was was re- pertaining to the brokerage side of commercial real estate so we talked a little bit about you know what got him interested and got him into commercial real estate his his story is like a lot of people that we've interviewed on the, in the past that he didn't start off in the commercial real estate business he kind of fell into it after you know transitioning from what he was doing before into something new we also talked a little bit about some of the early struggles he faced because he wasn't directly in the commercial real estate business to start off with. So, you know, transitioning to a new industry and getting your feet wet in it is definitely a challenge. And he talks about some of the things that he did in order to, you know, get through those early years. Uh, we also talked about, you know, one of his, his uh, recent transactions that he that he did that he really valued and he really liked. Uh, you know, we, we will be tagging hashtag pickle. Uh, to market yeah. the to market the story, just states you're gonna you're gonna have to know it, uh, you're gonna have to listen to the podcast to really know what I mean by that. And then finally, we touched on a little bit uh, pertaining to the uncertain times that we're curling in as we're recording this. It's you know mid to late year 2022, and there's a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace right now. And so we kind of talked a little bit about how he's been you know helping his clients navigate these uncertain uh, waters and provided some insights as far as where he thinks the market's going to go over the next several months and years. So I thought it was a unique conversation, great insights that he provided. Anthony's an awesome guy and we look forward to, you know, if we make it out to LA, I'm really looking forward to keeping in touch and grabbing coffee or a drink or whatever. So. Definitely. I, I know it's going to be for all listeners here. It's definitely a value add, especially there's a lot of little tips and tricks type things that he uh little nuggets as he so put it in the episode that he uh dropped in there so if you're a younger broker or even slightly seasoned uh he kind of gave some uh little nuggets of knowledge that he dropped in there so can't wait for that 
another thing that I know I've been doing it quite a bit at the beginning uh, of each podcast, but uh, the show is free to listen to, uh, but there is a charge. Yeah, just kidding. But really, seriously, we would love for you to recommend our podcast uh, just to get some more listeners in uh, and even recommend our YouTube channel as well. Uh, it have definitely helped with uh, getting some ratings and uh, getting more listeners and to very, you know, get our reach out there to all, everyone. And that's what we're doing this for is to uh, get the reach and get the knowledge of commercial real estate out there for everyone to uh, to uh, absorb and, and obtain some knowledge about it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, you know, so I, I mean, we do greatly appreciate it. If you could definitely get out there and share with as many people as you possibly can, it does really make a difference. Along with that, we would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. I think we're over 50 reviews at this point and it's, you know, just yeah. continues to grow, which is awesome. It really does help to make sure that if someone's just browsing through the podcast and they see our podcast with, with positive ratings, Maybe that gives them yeah. the impetus to actually listen to a podcast episode and hopefully get them hooked as well. So again, we greatly appreciate that. And obviously don't do it while you're driving. If you're driving, make sure that you drive safely. But as soon as you have a chance to stop and and, and provide us with a five-star view, we would definitely greatly appreciate it. So again, thank you guys so much for all the support you guys have given us thus far. We all, we obviously appreciate it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this podcast. Well, hey, Anthony, uh, great to see you this fine afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Well, we appreciate you coming on and taking the time to to be a, be our guest. Absolutely. Well, and you're it's an, it's you an honor to be here. Absolutely. And you're tuning okay. in from LA, is that correct? I am in sunny downtown Los Angeles, home of the Lakers and the Dodgers, I might add. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I went to school in Arizona. So I went to Arizona state and a lot of my friends are in San Diego, LA, San Francisco. So nice. I've been, I've been to California many times. Um, and it's a beautiful state. Uh, obviously LA has a lot to offer as well. It's one of the mega mega cities in the United States. So, you know, really For excited sure. to dive into your background and learn a little bit more about you. So one of the things we typically do is we, we that's typically our first question. When we first meet with someone is, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background and what got you you know, interested. Yeah, thanks. So I, uh, I'm a partner here at Major Properties. We are a boutique uh, brokerage company headquartered in downtown Los Angeles. And the firm has been here over 50 years and actually in the same location. And we specialize in LA County commercial and industrial real estate. So we work with property owners, investors, developers, owner users of all aspects of commercial real estate. So a lot in the warehouse, industrial space, small BC office buildings, and a lot of the different development opportunities, which uh, you know, we can get into later. So I'm a native of LA, uh, born and raised here. And second generation, my dad was born and raised here in Los Angeles as well. So I'm a True Angelino, I love it. And I got into commercial real estate during a transition period of my life. Uh, and you guys might be a little young, but back in 2001, we had a pretty bad recession. And I used to be in the advertising industry and then on the dot-com side of it, dot-com business imploded. And I knew uh, a lot of people in real estate and just started networking and made the move to major properties. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. You said that there was a boutique um, 
for like the listeners, is it like on a boutique? I know it's a smaller scale office, but are you guys working at like about 20 employees in, in the whole firm or is it smaller than that? Or how's that? Yeah, it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit, but we have, there's three partners and we have about, I don't know, 12 to 15 agents yes. uh, usually. So that's kind of like the sweet spot for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and kind of leaning back on your, on the story, you know, that that's, you know, we've had the honor to be able to interview well uh, over 80 uh, people at this point on the podcast. So uh, we often hear the stories that they provide as to how they got in the business. And a lot of them, that's one of the cool things about the commercial real estate industry is it's everyone has kind of a diverse way they got into it. You know, in your case, you came from a different career and, and jumped into it. I was in the, I was an engineer by trade and then got into soft, the software space, and then ultimately went into brokerage a couple of years ago, you know, so th there's never, a, there's almost never a linear path into the business and you kind of almost fall into it because it's not, I feel like the, the commercial real estate industry doesn't do a whole very good job of marketing itself uh, to, you know, the, the broad audience. And maybe that's by design, but um, it's always, I think that's uh, I think that's a good point. I think that's really accurate. I think, you know, when people think real estate, obviously realtor is very big. We're not realtors. We're commercial real estate brokers. And okay. so housing is obviously much more well known. And it's easier for people when they want to get into real estate to fall into selling homes and buying homes. So you're right. The commercial real estate industry is, it's not advertised in, in, in a great way. We've always sort of been behind the eight ball when it comes to technology, though, I certainly would say in the last five years, 10 years, We've made huge, huge improvements, both from an mm -hmm. industry standard and a lot of the brokerage companies and property management companies. So I think we're, and there's a lot new prop tech companies out there. So I think there's some really good stuff getting done in the industry, but you're right. And a lot of people do come from different industries and I think that's okay. We've hired people from uh, from the garment business, from banking, from general sales and it's good. I don't think there's a right or wrong to it. You know, where you come from, yeah. there's, you know, kids that are, you know, studying real estate in college now. And when I was coming up, that uh, wasn't even really an option, I don't think. And, but so we're getting young kids that are studying it, but then we're getting, you know, get a lot of people that have come from different industries that have the business experience because it is a hard business to break into. And especially for, you know, your young brokers, agents listening, you know, those first couple of years in the business, the first two years, three years, are really, really tough. It's a tough business at any point, but especially those early years and to learn to set really good habits, work with good people, have a really good mentor early on in your career is going to be a game changer. And it's tough because you, you know, you're, you're working hundred percent on commission. You have to have good support, either, you know, maybe another job savings, a wife that was making money. It's what I had in my case. And uh, it's tough. So having, you know, sort of the right things lined up and really thinking about it before you jump into it is is really important, especially, uh, you know, sort of no matter what point you come into of this in your career. Yeah, that's great advice. Great advice. I, I know on earlier you said that you got into commercial real estate because you had some uh, friends that were involved in it. Um, so my question is, is what actually drew you to commercial and why not? residential because i'm sure you know a few 
realtors, as you said earlier, in the residential space. So, so I'd say my aha moment was, and after I the dot com business imploded, I had lost my job. I was working at Disney at the time, and they let everybody go. And then shortly after that, I, I had just gotten married, so I had a new wife. I just lost my job, and then four months later, my dad died very early. He was only 64. And so I was, you know, my whole life got turned upside down in a really short period of time. And so I started spending some time with some of my dad's friends, very successful business people. And I remember having lunch at a country club and I was asking him, well, what does this guy do? What does that guy do? What is this guy? And all these people were either passively or actively involved in commercial real estate in some capacity, they were limited partners in deals, they owned, they did this, but they all sort of touched real estate. And so um, I said, okay, I wanna, I'm gonna get into commercial real estate. And funny enough, my, my dad was actually a, an apartment syndicator of multifamily apartments in 70s and 80s and up to the early 90s. And, but at that time when I was a little boy and even in high school, college, I never had interest in, in real estate. And it was something he kind of just kept to himself. I didn't really talk about it too much at the dinner table. But after that awakening, after my dad died, I realized that's what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to be, I had business experience, I had sales experience. So I knew I wanted to sort of be around business people and investments. And I wasn't, the selling homes, it was never even on the radar for me. It never was even attractive at all. So I started networking with my LA community reaching out to everybody I knew who happened to be in real estate, uh, commercial real estate, and started talking. And then I met one of the owners of major properties. I knew him indirectly through a charity we were both involved in. And just, I made a lot of cold calls, you know, it wasn't like there was, I saw postings all over the place. The internet was still kind of early on. And I, I don't even, there was no LinkedIn at the time, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, none of that stuff even existed. So it was still, you know, calling people and doing it the old fashioned way. And I came from a sales background, so I had no problem picking up the phone. And uh, that's how, that's what led me to commercial real estate. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's a story that I, you hear a lot. Uh, it's either that or they're, uh, they just go right in after college because their family's in it. They don't yeah. kind of veer off the path. Uh, you hear that quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And, and, yeah. and I, and I, and I kind of, you know, admire the fact that, you know, you, you jumped into this career at that point in time as well, obviously transitioning from what you were doing before, because, you know, like you said, it is kind of a, a tough business to get going early on. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of curious about, you know, what are some of the struggles you faced early on as you're going through that process, because it is not an easy experience, uh, regardless of really where, you know, you, you, you come from. Yeah. So, Rafi, I'd say some of the struggles early on, I was in my early 30s when I had made the transition to real estate and I thought I was old at the time. And uh, looking back, I really wasn't. And looking back, um, I think one thing people should realize is they have a lot more time than they think they really do. And But specifically, the struggles were not making any money the first year and having friends that were not in real estate, whether they were in advertising or attorneys, you know, they were making good money and having a good living. And, and here I was recently married and uh, in my early thirties and making no money. I think I made $15,000 and 
$20,000 my first year, right? And that was like in 2002, I think, two or three or something like that. And so that was, you know, no money. But luckily, I had a wife. Uh, I had some savings. I had a wife that was working a big corporate job. And so she was able to sort of carry us through those first couple of years. But that was that was one of the biggest struggles for me was not making any money, still a little immature and realizing it doesn't all have to happen at once. And once I realized I, you know, real estate is a long-term game and play the long game. And once I kind of got past that, then it, it started to help me. And, you know, eventually you, you start to pick up some momentum, you make a deal here, a deal here, and you keep going, you get a little taste. So yeah, that was that was tough in in the early days and having, you know, you don't you had to develop all my I had to develop all the business myself. So it was a lot of, you know, good old fashioned door pounding, knocking on doors, knocking on warehouses, picking up the phone. Nobody was calling me. Nobody knew who I was. And seeing some of the older brokers in the office get phone calls, not running on the streets like I was. Uh, so that was frustrating too. And, and it, it, it was hard to accept that. And, but now, you know, the tables are turned. And so now I'm on the other side of that coin have been for a long time, but that was pretty frustrating in the early days. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the comparison yeah. game is, is, is real. I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, everyone has to deal with on a daily basis and, you know, coming from, one of the things that was most difficult for me too, and, and I'm probably sure, I'm sure it was the same for you is that you sometimes go from a, let's say a corporate position where you're making, you know, a certain amount of money on a, you know, cadence. And then all of a sudden you go to a fully, a full sales role where it's a hundred percent commission. And it's, it's really reliant on your ability to get out there and perform. And, and, and like you said, the first year or two, you're not making almost any money. I think my first year I made $13,000. Um, and that was going into COVID and literally for three or four months, I had no, no activity. I mean, it was, it, everyone was sitting at home and, you know, there was, everyone's on shutdown. And even when you had conversations with business owners, they're just like, we're going to wait and see, you know, cause right now we don't know the world's the, the whole world shut down and, you know, there's, we're not thinking about expanding or, or anything right now. So, you know, that was a period of time and where, where it was very difficult, but even in, in any case, regardless of what you start or when you start it's going to be a difficult process um, regardless yeah, of the environment. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like to, it's tough. Mm -hmm. I like okay, to point out ahead, that Jeff? I was just saying, I like to point out that the one important key that you were uh, uh, eclipsing was uh, the mindset is and really important, especially in like the early years, one to three years in that uh, you can't get into that negative mindset that, you know, it's, it's going to come quickly and everything's going to be, you know, rainbows and sunshine out there. And it's, it's not, it's going to be definitely the long game and you're going to be uh, pounding pavement for quite a while and picking up the phone and hustling. So, yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, and you, and you experienced it too in the construction side, Jeff's in the commercial construction yeah. space and it's the same thing. I mean, you're, you're having to deal yeah. with that on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, so if you had a strategy toolbox, um, sitting beside you and you is wanting to pull out the most effective tool in that toolbox um, uh, for people who want to develop a new business. Um, what What's something that you could do as, as far as uh, helping your client develop that business? Um, you know, 
within the commercial space to, to help them with, uh, you know, their, their pricing and um, the economics of the whole deal. Um, do you walk through that with your clients or do you um, ha hopefully have them already set in their plan and stuff like that? Or, or, or is there a lot of handholding, I guess what I'm trying to beat around the bush at with, within your deals or. Uh, yes, there is a lot of handholding and, I think it's case by case and every client's different. So we have some clients that are really non-real estate people. They inherited a piece of property, was in their family for years, and they've just collected checks. And now they're older, or they don't know what to do with the property. There's sibling disputes and one wants to do this, one wants to do that. And so in cases like that, there's a lot of handholding. There's a lot of talk about what to do with the property. Uh, so yeah. we'll be more of a, an advisement role. Is it better to fix the property and lease it? Is it better to sell it? You know, where's the market? Do I want to struggle with a tenant? Do I want to maybe move this money to a 1031 exchange and work just get a net deal? So, or do I want to be in a very active real estate participant, be a very active landlord? So yeah, I mean, you know, then on the other hand, we have very savvy, sophisticated real estate clients that yeah. just want to do everything themselves. And, you know, they kind of direct the ship uh, yeah. in, in the direction they want. And so with those people, it, it's, you know, the approach is different. Right. And yeah. so I think one important thing for your younger listeners, especially is to not always have a direct game plan going in with everybody really learning and understanding who you're dealing with on the other end is super important because what you say for one person might not work for the other and what you do for one might not work for the other. So it's not a binary decision. It's you really got to, I like to say, be a chameleon and sort of adapt always, always to, to the client. Absolutely. And when you work with young, cause I, and, and I don't know how, uh, you know, you, you operate within the business, but do you typically have, you know, newer brokers that start kind of shadow someone as they're interacting with clients or is that, is that a typical process that you guys have? Yeah, we have, uh, um, it's a little different than that. So we have interns. We have one of my interns, uh, Cole DeMaio, he's listening in. So hopefully he'll, uh, pick up a couple nuggets here. Uh, so we have interns here. Some of them become agents along the way. Some take an internship and move on to other things. And then we'll hire. Uh, so that's always good if the intern can transition into a junior broker. Sometimes we'll have younger agents just start. And it's always recommended that they work with one of the senior agents so they understand how to work the business and what to do. And uh, But younger agents tend to get frustrated because they're not making as much money as they expected. And they think they're doing a lot of work and they don't feel like they're getting paid enough and they either get yeah. out of the business or they move. So that's always a, you know, a difficult thing. And, but that's something that I think a lot of young people need to realize, you know, we all start somewhere, we all grind it out. And if you're hoping to make a lot of money right away, because you have a fancy college degree, then brokerage is not the business for you. 100% it's not for you. I don't care how smart you are, who you are. You could have a Harvard degree. Real estate brokerage is very tough. 
and you're not going to make money. If you want to make money, go work for a big real estate company, crunch numbers, you know, do some analysis for a developer. You'll make a salary and a bonus, but don't look to get into brokerage. Brokerage is, is a much different animal than any other part of real estate. Definitely. The lead time is much different for sure. Uh, I can definitely agree with that. So one of the things that, you know, kind of helps pr- put things into perspective is it, could you walk us through maybe, you know, what, a, a transaction that you worked on recently that you've been, you were proud of, and maybe some of the challenges that you faced uh, throughout that process. It always kind of helps put things into perspective when you, when you provide like a little bit more context. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, there's so many deals. So mm-hmm. I would say, I want to go back to kind of a fun deal and an unusual deal. And I'll make some good color for the podcast. So we work on the industrial side primarily. I had met a, an owner of a pickle manufacturing facility in, in Los Angeles um, years ago when I was banging on doors. And I had stayed in touch with this guy for years and years and years and years, old Jewish guy. He was the last pickle manufacturer in the city of Los Angeles. And he always talked about selling his property. And it finally came to the time where he got serious about it. And he wanted to officially list it and market it and do it. And he's like 80 years old now. And he was ready to retire. And his partner had died a few years back. But all of his buildings where he was doing the manufacturing all had all become obsolete for modern day food use, warehousing or, or manufacturing. And he had acquired a lot of little commercial properties adjacent to his facility. So I said, you know, you're going to, I got some good news and bad news. The good news is your property's worth a lot of money. The bad news is it's not worth anything for another food use. And he was, it was hard for him to hear that because he made his living for 50 years, you know, making pickles, selling pickles in this facility, which he thought was beautiful. So once we got past that, I said, look, we had some ideas how to market this. And I don't think it's going to be for a typical industrial user. I think we ought to package all of your small little commercial buildings up. There were some apartments, there were some small retail, some small warehouses and his place. I said, let's put it all together. We have over three acres and we can market this and sell this to an affordable housing developer because the property was in of a, you know, like a blue collar area which needed housing. And um, we put together a plan and we marketed it and we found a developer and it was a long escrow, it was a complicated escrow. And that was one where this guy was a, he was a, he was a real estate guy, he was a business guy, but he also needed handholding too because he was very old and it was a very complex deal. And, but that was a really fun deal. And that was sort of like, you know, some of the really fun things about um, working in brokerage and we found our own buyer and I have a great relationship today with this developer. And, you know, if you have two good people in a deal, it makes it so much nicer. And at the end of the day, you're going to make a better deal for both people instead of being adversary throughout the process, which some of our deals tend to be, but good people on both ends make, make good deals. So that was a fun industrial slash development deal. Um, that was a couple of years ago, but that was probably one of my favorite deals we worked on. 
That's amazing. Yeah, and you, and it's a culmination for the for you, the gentleman that you represented. It was a culmination of years and years and years of work and and growth within his business, and you're able to help him achieve that that goal. And all obviously, you've also had the the buy side as well with the the, the developer, and I'm sure they love the fact they were able to create something new for that community. So that's great. Yeah. And, but I'll share, I'll share this, you know, with uh, again, so for the listeners that, you know, maintaining just because, you know, he didn't want to do anything right away. It was okay. It took years for him to finally come to the table and decide. And he really made up my, his mind that he wanted to do it. So, you know, again, playing the long game, keeping those relationships healthy along the way, you know, you got to have some hits, right. But a, a lot of times these things are, they're going to blossom and grow years down the road. So plant the seeds, water the seeds. And by watering, it's staying in touch and making the calls, making the visits, saying hello. But you have to do that to stay in the business a long time. Yeah, I agree. I, I like your analogy of planting the seeds. I use that a lot. <laughs> I really like that. Um, so, you know, we're kind of in uncertain times. We're post-COVID or you know, some people think we're still in COVID and how that whole pandemic um, and then we're in recession. We're not in recession. We're going into recession. Nobody kind of knows. So I, I want to say just uncertain times. Uh, what are some tips and stuff that you can uh, provide that uh, for people to help navigate through these times uh, in, in order to help give results to your clients? Like, is there certain things that you reassure them or do you, uh, send them a case study or like, what, what do you do to help, help them, uh, you know, just with their doubts right now? Cause I know a lot of people have those. So, well, I mean, Jeff, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think we are in uncertain times and, and nobody knows for sure. Nobody has a crystal ball. People are right. Yeah. People are wrong. And, you know, I think it's important to pay attention on some of the, the big key metrics or what's going on, especially what the fed is doing right? To constantly be aware of that. The rising yeah. interest rates are, are certainly have been a game changer in the last 90, 100, 120 days. You know, we've seen some retrading on deals right now. Cost of capital is up and it's, it's definitely affected the, the way deals are getting done today. So I, I like, you know, I'm always just transparent. I'm honest with the clients. I, I, I just tell it like I see it. I, you know, try to keep a positive spin on things. I think there's always a silver lining. I think there's always a positive outlook on it, but, yeah. but being realistic too on, on where we are. And, yeah. you know, we real estate's we've been on an upward trend for a long, long time now in commercial real estate. Gosh, you know, ever since we came out of the great recession, we've been really on a, on a great upward trend for commercial real estate, which is yeah. outpaced our typical trend of seven years up. So we're, 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 we're kind of expired. We're on borrowed time now for, for rising prices. So I don't know, there might be, there's some probably going to be some stabilization, but we don't know. I mean, there's so many globe, look, we all came out of the pandemic. Great. Uh, industrial real estate was the darling of commercial real estate during and after the pandemic. So that was a, a black swan event and we're still doing well. So I don't know. There could be there be another black swan. Certainly, could things change? Of course. But I mean, we try to function in real time. We do look forward to kind of where trends are going. We are aware of cycles of real estate, so I think that's important to be 
cognizant about. I like to talk to clients about that. But look, if you want with for real estate, you, you want to buy and wait, not wait and then buy, right? It's yeah. if you're going to try to time it perfectly, you're always going to miss out, right? There yeah. are, you know, look, there's, there's deals to be made and there's opportunities in all kinds of markets, in upward markets and in strong real estate markets and, and seller favorable markets. And then there's opportunities in down markets too. So I, I've seen very successful people buy during all cycles and do well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. No, and, and and I think for part of us too, like for me, I wasn't around in the business, I should say, uh, in in the recessionary periods, and so I think even for some of the younger listeners, this is definitely uncharted waters because they've been in the business since it has been very much an upward trend for many years, and so having someone kind of convey that message and share some insights because you you went through two thousand eight. How how was that experience? By the way, that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know. It was it was a tough experience. 08 was a bloodbath, and it was really really scary. I mean, we I got by the skin of my teeth and was able to scrape a few deals together, made some money. Uh, we did, you know, we uh, had gone through a lot of savings. Uh, 08, mm-hmm. 9, 10 were really really lean years. I mean, you can talk to any broker that was in the business back then. I think they'll share very similar stories. It was it was a very tough, scary time on the brokerage business, real estate business, mortgage. I mean, development, everybody took a hit on it. And a lot of people got out of the business, especially if you were early on. I had been in the business about five or six years at that point, And it come off you know, a few good years of 05 and 6 and 7, were, especially 6 and 7 were great years. So luckily... Again, you know, had savings, did use a lot of those savings during that time, but they were, it was a struggle. Um, there was, you know, times where I thought about getting out of the business, like a lot of us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, and 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 I'm not sure if what, what you know, the uncertainty we're seeing right now, it's, it's definitely not like what it was in 808. I mean, it was definitely an institutional problem at that point in time. Uh, it's, some of those issues have been corrected and so I think that going forward, hopefully the recessions that we do experience, which I don't know if this is the case, you know, is going to be, uh, you know, more or at least more in line with historical trends. Um, yeah. But one of the things I'm kind of curious about is pertaining to your experiences on the podcasting front. Obviously, you've had your podcast for several years. Um, also, you've also mentioned that you do involve you are involved in various social platforms as well. So. I guess what was the impetus to decide to do that and to first the podcast and then start getting more active on the the social side and how has that affected your you know business development strategy over the cap, over the course of the last several years? So I'll take the first I'll go back to your first question about the podcast. So I think I read uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's book. Um, mm-hmm. Jab 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 it? right hook. I think it was the jab jab jab. Yeah, and. I read that and I thought I heard him speak on a couple of podcasts. I got his book and I thought it was really practical advice he was giving that people could apply. It wasn't all theoretical, like a lot of the books out there. And so I thought, well, why not? You know, let me take a shot at it. I I had been listening to a lot of podcasts and I was thinking of a way to help me stand out in downtown for me to pick up, um, get another form of branding and do something at that point, this was 
I don't know, maybe 2017, 18, maybe or so. Um, there weren't, I didn't see too many brokers doing stuff on LinkedIn and making videos and selfie videos and things like that. So I started doing that and talking about some of the deals I was working on, branded myself Bihar on the block and it caught on well. And I would go to networking groups and they'd say, oh, hey, Bihar on the block, what's up? And so it worked and people were watching the videos and I tried to just provide content about aspects of downtown LA and commercial real estate that most people who weren't you know, doing it would see. They'd learn a little bit about downtown or they'd learn a little bit about commercial real estate. So I tried to share that information. It was fun. And then, um, you know, along with the podcast, I said, I'll try it and see if I like it. And just started reaching out to different guests. And I, I do like it. It's ebbed and flow with my time. I'm probably going to come back to it, but it's, but it is a, it's a fun thing. And, and I think you guys are doing a great job and it's certainly a good way as brokers to help stand out and, and meet people along the way. And I was always able to, I didn't really do it, you know, like necessarily, I wasn't making any money. I still don't make any money on the podcast, but it was an itch I had and it gave me a chance to sit down and talk to really uh, successful and sophisticated people in real estate. And I was always able to learn something by doing those interviews and then hoping to share that with my audience. So that was the reason I picked it up. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've even seen in our case, I mean, we, we've done yeah. 80 episodes at this point. And so we know we have 80 relationships we've developed with people just by doing the podcast. And, you know, the podcast has grown pretty, pretty sizably over the last several months. And part of that is the, just the momentum effect of just continuing mm -hmm. to be consistent and pushing it out mm -hmm. there. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're not making any money off the podcast right now by any stretch, yeah. but, you know, I think more so than anything is the relationship piece that you saw seek after. And, and also the, the byproduct of doing podcasting, right. I feel like it does require, you know, a different set of skills. You know, it does require you to put yourself out there, uh, which is, can be scary for some people, but you know, yeah. I, there, there's, there's ancillary benefits to doing that. Uh, that for a lot sure. of people don't necessarily even yeah. think about to start off with on the social side, you know, you mentioned LinkedIn has, has that been kind of your main, uh, your focal focal area, or you've also been active uh, on the Twitter side. I dabble in Twitter. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't really have many followers. I never really, I kind of got yeah. onto Twitter late. Uh, mm -hmm. But for me, I have LinkedIn is probably my best social platform. It's all business people on there in some capacity. And yep. I tend to skew well with in terms of impressions per post. So uh, that, that is probably my favorite platform on, on, um, for social. And I, it's, I like engaging on it. It's all usually business related content, uh, to share and comment on. So that's, that, that's my favorite, um, Absolutely. so far. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, I just want to start saying, as we start the rounding out questions of the podcast that we definitely appreciate your time, uh, especially hearing your journey and your story about uh, how you started and where you came and where you are now. Uh, definitely love the pickle story. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but one of the pickles. first, hashtag yeah. pickles. that's where we're, we're going to use that in the, in the marketing. Hashtag pickles. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So one of the, uh, 
first question is, is what is the most impactful book that you ever read? Um, and it could doesn't have to pertain to commercial real estate. It could be business or uh, personal or any of that um, that's maybe impacted your life or changed the trajectory of your career or do you have any um, off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, um, okay, well, I would say there's two. Okay, so I would say Perfect, Marcus yeah. Aurelius Meditations is sort of a foundation about just, you know, he was a Greek philosopher and he, uh, an emperor of Rome and just has great, I mean, it's the best wisdom advice that I've ever read. And it's amazing that this stuff, he was his own personal journal that he was writing for and it later became turned into a book, but he never wrote it obviously to be a book. And the stuff that he wrote and said to himself 2000 years ago is very practical today. And it's more about how, how to leave a, you know, living a, a, a good life, a virtuous life and having wisdom and temperance and discipline and those applying those things to your life and to your business today are helpful. So I think about that a lot. I think about Stoic philosophy a lot. So, and I try to use that into my personal life and to my business life on a daily basis. So that's been super impactful to me. Um, and then the other book, and this will be kind of part of the deposit thing, but uh, Never Split the Difference is a great book. Um, I don't know, did you guys read the book? Do you know it? It's a yeah. great book. Yeah. One of the best books on negotiation that I've ever read. I refer it out all the time. I like to go back to it. So love that book. Uh, for business negotiation, life negotiation tools and tips. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 that book. I mean, it's 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 very impressive, really. And the guy was a, a former FBI. Uh, uh, he was a, I think he was on the suicide. He trained by going on the suicide hotline. That's what uh, he started off as, and then he got into FBI negotiation. Was it FBI or CIA? Yeah, I can't remember one. It was, one it was F FBI. FBI negotiator, yeah. hostage negotiator. So he was. Yeah literally dealing with people who were had people hostage and he was able to you know talk them through the situation and ultimately get people safe so you know that's the most high pressure situation you can you can possibly <laughs> yeah, <sure>. imagine yeah <laughs> we're never going to be in that level of 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 hopefully not i, I shouldn't say never but yeah. I mean, hopefully we're never in that level of uh, of high intensity situation so if you can learn from this gentleman you should, definitely should so yeah Definitely. Yeah, so Chris Voss is the author for your Chris like Voss. Chris Voss. Never split the difference. Uh, guys, pick, pick it up. Great book. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And we've had several people recommend that book. And, you know, I, I couldn't recommend it more highly for sure. Um, one of the questions that we'd like to ask near the end is related to what we call the commercial real estate treasure chest. It's a repository of resources that we make available to our audience. And we've had people contribute like eBooks, helpful PDFs, Excel sheets, you know, we've had people contribute case studies. So really anything that, that the, the guest feels would be of value to the audience. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of share what you're willing to contribute today. Well, um, I would say my podcast, yeah. uh, you know, Bihar on the Block, is mm -hmm. there's some great, great interviews with, it's a really LA-based podcast. I know your listeners are, I think, national, um, but there's some really sophisticated investors there's developers there's brokers and people who have done some tremendous work around los angeles and to hear their stories and how they did it 
and how they came and built things. I think there's some really good resources in there. There's some really good tips in there. Great interviews with, with high level people. Um, you know, Bihar on the Block is, is Apple iTunes podcast. You can find it or Spreaker, you know, it's out there. Uh, I, so I would recommend that. And then um, that book, you know, again, the uh, Chris Voss book is, is a great tool. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, we'll yeah. go ahead and include that link into, uh, you know, the, the, the treasure chest so people can access it as well. So. Yep. Well, again, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. I know other people are going to want to reach out to you to gain more knowledge from you. Um, how would you like to, to contact you in, in, in order to do so? I would say connect on Twitter or no, let's go LinkedIn. Connect on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I'm way more active there. So just look me up, Anthony Bihar on LinkedIn, major properties. And uh, if any of you guys have questions about Los Angeles, commercial real estate, you know, ping me on LinkedIn or Twitter, happy to help. And if, if you two guys ever make it to LA, uh, mm -hmm. look me yeah. up. We'll, it'd be no, great to meet you guys in person and uh, you come downtown. So um, yeah, I'm downtown all the time. Easy to find. Absolutely. And BR on the block. Well, so what we're going, we'll go ahead and do yeah, too, is like we'll that. include, we will include that, uh, the link for his LinkedIn in the show notes. So if you guys are watching this on a podcast format, it's going to be in the description. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, feel free to go in the description. You'll see that as well. And we'll link to his podcast as well. So you guys have a chance to listen to his insights and the insights of his guests. So Anthony, yeah. thank you so much for stopping thank by. You. We do, we do greatly appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy individual. Uh, uh, one thing I want to do to wrap up with our audience is what we greatly appreciate all you guys do. If you guys don't mind, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, and if you can, leave a five-star review. It makes a huge difference. We have over 50 at this point, so it just continues to grow and grow and expand, and we greatly appreciate all the support you guys have given us over the years. Uh, we'd also like you, if you if it's possible, go to YouTube, leave us uh, or like and subscribe this channel because it really makes the difference for the YouTube algorithm and ensures that more and more people can hear this message and learn about the many facets of commercial real estate. So thank you all so much for stopping by and we'll see you all next time.